Get connected with Take-Two Radio on Facebook or Twitter at Take-Two Radio. For email updates on future shows, follow at Blog Talk Radio. For previous episodes, upcoming guests, and more, visit Take-Two-Radio.com. And start, connect, and play. Hey, everybody. Huh. It's the Mallard. Oh. The Mallard Report. Hey. It's the Mallard Report. The opinions expressed on the Mallard Report are those of the host and participants and are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any simulcasting radio network or sponsors. All listeners are advised to make their own decisions. And now your host, Jim Mallard. That is me, and we are live. If you haven't visited the all-new Mallard.Report, go over, check it out. I need to update it again anyways, so you might want to wait a day. But if you need any links to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, they're all there. But I've got to add the new iHeartRadio, where the Express is at. If you haven't checked out the Express, you're wasting your time listening to the full-length show. Did I just say that? That's not a good promo. Um, it makes the full-length show even faster. Yeah, there we go. That's a little bit better. But my guest tonight, I, I'm just going to say my guest tonight is Brooke Lewis, and you can kind of fill in the blanks, because I tried writing your bio down, and I ended up ripping the notes up and just wrote, ask her about her bio, because she does so much. Aw, <laughs> hi. <laughs> well, I am so flattered. Thank you. Yes, I'm a big, hot mess, which we'll talk about later, stress case, as Julie knows. Thank you, Julie, for everything today, too. You are fabulous. So I, yes, with with no ego here, I have done a lot. Kind of like a jackass of all trades, you know, master of none. <laughs> well, so go ahead. Tell, t- I mean, author, actress, uh, what, uh, life coach, dating coach. What else? Is there, there's something. I feel like I'm missing something because, like I said, it just. I t- have, well, you know, I've produced films, web series. I have written. I, but, you know, acting is my heart, soul, passion, everything I do, I love. And Scream Queen, which was bestowed upon me about 10 years ago after doing a late-night horror thriller that aired on Showtime a couple nights a week, and I love every minute of it. You, you must be busy, and I, I just I can't imagine. <laughs> Makes my you know head... what, Jim? People can't. <laughs> people really can't imagine. It's unbelievable. So I, I, I did plan on that. You sleep about four to six hours a night, if I'm guessing. Correct. If I'm lucky, that is correct. Yeah, and you know, it's so funny. Like, I talk about this with friends a lot. You know, everybody thinks that that everything's so glamorous in Hollywood and the industry and the entertainment business, and it is so much freaking work. Like, appearance and reality to all the listeners, and especially people who are not in the business. You know, it seems so easy, and it seems so, like, fun. It's so much fun, and it is. I'm so grateful and blessed, but at the same time, man, it is hard work. We're talking even just doing press, you know, and running around to red carpet events at night and promoting your projects and producing is like one of the hardest jobs anyone could ever imagine. And even getting ready for an audition as an actor, you know, so it's 
a lot of smoke and mirrors out here, but I'm blessed and I love what I do. So the answer is yes, busy as hell. I was going to say, I can appreciate that because, I mean, at the end of the day, we see the final product be a, a TV show or a movie. And, oh, yeah, that, that must have took a couple of days. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I remember we I found the script to a mobster movie, which I acted in and produced called Sinatra Club, which I love. It was one of my favorite things I've been involved in. And I found that script from a connection to the writer in 2004. We shot the film 2009, and it was released in 2011. So you guys do the math. That's seven years of our lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's crazy. And yep. they all don't take that long, though. I mean, they all take a, a length of time, though, but they all take... Uh, yeah, they don't all take seven years. <laughs> but a lot of projects that listen, my, my Ms. Vancy, and she says hello to all the listeners, because she's, you know, one of my passion, she's my alter ego, my passion project, too. And, you know, we started, I started doing the Vampy web series in 2000, well, we started producing 2008. They launched in 2009, and I'm now in development for for a TV series for Vance It Out, her series for teens. And so you did that again. It's 2016, so it's been seven years of my life with that project, too. But, no, they don't all take that. Luckily, you know, with micro-budget filmmaking now, you can pop out a film in a year or two. Yeah, I was going to say, there are some things that you could turn around quicker, and there are some things that need the time. So I guess there's no solid method to any of this, but... At least, at least they're coming out. I guess at least you're getting them off the floor and out to the people instead of just. As some people, as I, I refer to them as YouTubers, they say they're going to do things, and it always just ends up on YouTube. <laughs> and, well, I think everybody, you know, listen. I mean, everybody has a different goal as a creative person and as an artist. And I think some people do make projects that they intend to just share with the world on YouTube, and others hope that you know a huge distributor or CAA or ICM will come and pick it up and make it a TV series, and you just never know. It's so hit and miss, which is why both the actress and me, the creator and me, and the life coach and me would always tell anyone that came to me for advice, like, you know, you just need to stay authentic and true to who you are and trust that the right things will show up. You've got to work hard, but you got to trust that the right things, you know, metaphysically, spiritually will also show up to help bring whatever your passion and dream is to fruition. And you got to commit and you've got to, you know, never, you can never quit. You have to stay committed to it forever and ever. And I have to tell myself that every day. That is true. Some, I was talking to somebody the other day on Twitter about how, about the show and how there's so many of them and how do you stay with it? And you say, well, if you don't, if you don't have that burning passion deep in your soul that makes you want to just get up every day and think about who do you want as a guest or what do you want to ask them or putting the putting the product out there or whatever it may be, there's always something that needs done or can be done again better now that you know a little bit more. Um, a hundred percent, and and again, and you want to constantly, no pun intended, like revamp. You know, I've revamped my career more times than I can count at this point. But you're 100% right. We do it. You do it. And you keep going and forging ahead because it's easy to have a dream. It's easy to, to start to create that dream. But bringing it to fruition is it can be a hardcore challenge and can take years. So, again, I love what you said, Jim, about, you know, getting up every day and staying true to that you have to or or it's probably not going to work and believe me again appearance reality and i share i share you know my hot messes with the world both personally and professionally and the truth be told like i cry a lot 
I will, you know, the, the, the world sees one side of me and I try to be really honest about it. Like in shows like this, I love the platform and the opportunity to speak my truth here. I cry all the time. I'm a total stress case. I'm on overload. You know, I lose out and I bust my ass, you know, to get TV series and stuff all the time. And I lose out to another actress who may have a different look or have better credits than I do. So it's, it's tough nuts to crack. But again, because we love it exactly what you said. So I, I've got a question from the chat room already, and there, there, you, you, well, you met the Twitter followers, and you met mo- most of them are back in the chat room tonight. Which, if you're not in the chat room or you're not following us on Twitter, you missed the I whole. I see. Oh, I know. I'm in the chat room. I can see. You I'm missed the Doritos go. What? <laughs> I was gonna say you missed a whole bunch of fun this afternoon. But the question is, is there a rule that you um, use addition uh, for, and either got passed on or you passed on it that you regret? Uh, I try, that's a great question. Thank you guys. That's awesome. I try not to have regrets in my, in my, you know, life and career. And yet in hindsight, I look back, there's not too much I passed on. I will say, I mean, there's, there are roles that I lost out on. One of the best roles, and this is, I'm going to date myself. And I was right out of college. You guys might remember this with Michael J. Fox, Spin City. And it was down to me and two other actresses, Jennifer Esposito. She got the role of Stacey Paterno. Uh, you know, she was the secretary, the Italian secretary from, I think, Staten Island or Long Island on the show. Did not, was super, super, super close. I was super young and thought that was it. You know, I was getting the part. Um, so that did not happen. And you know, I don't have regrets. You know, I booked a really, really, really huge reality show about a year and a half ago. And I'll share this with the listeners in case they want to learn a little bit about the unscripted business. Booked the, one of the starring roles, the female role, in a reality show, a dating reality show, with one of the top networks around. And as we negotiated the contract, it was so not in my favor. It was so really, it, it just would have been so out of integrity for me to sign it on so many levels, A, having respect for my coaching business, B, having respect for my acting career. They would have had full control over everything, and the contract was for seven years. So my lawyers and managers and agents at the time, everybody got together, and we really decided an executive decision was made, and we walked away from the show. And it took six years of I'm sorry, not six or six months of my life to go through negotiations, to go through all of the conversations, the screen testing for that show. And it probably would have changed my life and my career on one hand. But on the other hand, it I could not have signed it with a conscience. Like for, for me, you know, it may be good for someone else, but it would not have been good for me in my career. So I walked away from it. Do I regret it? No. Do I wonder what would have happened had I become like one of the most famous, biggest, you know, TV reality dating coaches and experts in Hollywood? I sure. I wonder, but I know I made the right choice. Well, I, I was talking to a reality personnel off the record. I guess best way to put it. Mm-hmm. And they they basically told me to do the one the first season of their show. It basically cost them money because of they you know the amount of money they're getting paid because they had to go, you know, take time off their quote unquote real job to go film and all this other stuff. So it ended up, the first season ended up costing the money. Thankfully they got picked up for a second season. It kind of tilted the scales the other way, but I can imagine, I mean, it's just horrible. Some of these things that you don't realize how much, I guess how, how unfruitful they can be at times, even though it seems like the life. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's so apparent to reality. I mean, they really, short of wanting to, you know, own the soul of your firstborn, some of these, especially the unscripted shows, the reality shows, you know, short of that, you, it's really, you've got, and that's why I always speak on panels and stuff until actors, filmmakers, all of it, like really make powerful choices in everything you do in your career because you do not want to be signed to a network, to a production company for seven years and you don't, there's no guarantee the show will go or be a success or any of that. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. And you're a hundred percent right, Jim. It takes People don't even realize, too, just to develop. I don't even want to tell you the money I used to spend from my production company, Philly Chick Pictures, developing screenplay, you know, developing projects. It's a fortune. And people, again, behind the scenes, you know, unless you're in it, you don't know. It all looks really glamorous and exciting. But, again, I love it with all my heart, so... Well, but you have to. We already talked about that. Okay, so let's let's get out of the, the mess. Let's, let's have, we were talking about having some fun, so let's... There's not an easy... Oh, wait, fr- one, one fun thing, Jim, let me cut you off. Yeah, I'm looking at the chat room right now. Okay, somebody just said she sort of sounds like a young Elvira. That is the greatest compliment I could have gotten. That, Elvira, the nanny, and Mona from my cousin Vinny, I love you! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was trying to figure it out, and now that you... You cut well. Somebody figured it out for me, I guess. I I was I don't know. I'm not one of those. I don't know. I'm tone deaf when it comes to things. Uh, okay, so I, like I said, there's not an easy transition. But I, I heard through the grapevine, well, you told me in an email. Let's be correct. That you have a ghost in your apartment. Now, just what? How do you know? What okay. what, what makes you think that? Okay. It's confirmed. So for all, since this is a paranormal subject show, and I was. So excited when you guys when we connected and we planned this months ago for me to come on. So, all right, real quick, I'll make it as short as I can, and I'm a talker. I was gonna so say we've got 45 up. minutes. And, oh, I, I got- know <laughs> this could take three hours, but it's so crazy, and I think the listeners are gonna love it. Okay, so getting a little salacious with my you know dating expert stuff. When I was fully single and dating, this is so crazy, you guys. But I'm gonna share it. So I was dating this this pro athlete, right? And he, we were dating for a while and he stayed over one night and he said to me, he was really into paranormal and really into ghosts and he said he could feel energies and I thought he was crazy. I was like, all right, this guy's been punched in the head a few times. But I have to tell you, so so one night we're, we're sleeping, sound asleep and he tells me, jumps up, that something grabbed his leg and that the entity told him that he loved me, me, Brooke, and wanted to wanted him out of my bedroom. Okay, cut to next boyfriend after him. I'm dating this other guy who said, claims that he's an angel, and God bless him, I, he probably is. So I'm dating this guy, and he he says he's an angel, and he can see spirits, and he talks to ghosts. And again, I believe in this wholeheartedly. What does he do? He suddenly tells me. Okay, and now I have to just preface this by saying, so I would sit on my couch. Sometimes I would take my computer from my office and have it on my lap at night, and I would hear to my right, as I look right now, is my poster of my Ms. Zampy show, my Ms. Zampy web series and Ms. Zampy teen talk show. So it's, it's huge, and it's like maybe three feet from my couch to my right on my wall. So at night, I'd be alone in my apartment, and this went on for like probably two years and I really didn't pay much attention to it and so then it got heavier and heavier last summer and I would look up and I'd be working and all of a sudden I would hear fingers tapping 
all along the poster, like the glass, you know, and the frame on the poster, and it would get louder and louder and louder. It was so trippy, and then I'd have, like, the lights out at night, and even as it got darker and at night, it would get louder and louder, and I was like, okay, this is crazy. So when both of my ex-boyfriends, like, close in proximity said... So the, the guy, so the second boyfriend who was the angel, he said, oh, because you have a ghost here. So then he tells me I have two ghosts in my apartment. Okay, so now I'm like, okay, this is getting crazy. Now the the tapping is getting louder and louder. Now I think I'm seeing things around, like sometimes I look up, I'd be reading scripts, I'd be super exhausted, and I think I see like shadows, like walking from my living room to my bathroom, which I can also see from my couch, even though it's like a diagonal far to my right. So once the angel started describing my ex-boyfriend, who's, who's actually a little devil, but he was describing to me the ghost, and it just it freaked me out so much. I got scared. I honestly did. And I know I love this paranormal, you know, entity, uh, you know, research stuff. And everything. I know all the listeners are really into it. So I'm sure they can give me more advice. But cutting to what ended up happening is I went to, I was getting really, I was having a lot of health issues and stuff. And I went to my herbalist, who's also a strong intuitive. And she said to me, and I've been going to her, you guys, for 10 years. And one day I was so sick and so exhausted. And like my eye, I felt like I was falling asleep. And she said to me, I am going to tell you something. And I don't mean to freak you out. She said, I am picking up an energy brook. I'm taking, like, she does all kinds of, like, kinesiology and what have you, and she said, and I'm going to shout out, actually, the Elevaris. So she said, I'm picking up an energy right now that is a part of you, and I've never picked up such high numbers before that it's almost impossible for this to be coming from a human being. And she said, I'm a little, like, upset about this right now, but we need to figure it out. Has anyone told you that there's any kind of entity attached to you? Okay. At this point, I'm like, am I herbalist? Really? She has never said that to me in 10 years. This is all transpiring around the same, like, four-month time frame. So I leave her office. I am hysterically crying, thinking I'm, you know, I have an entity inside me. And I call one of my best friends in the world. She's the most amazing, amazing, brilliant psychic medium. Her name is Marilyn Aloria. You guys, check her out. And she's one of my best friends from New York from Tony and Tina's wedding a million years ago. And I was crying and I sat in my car and I told her what Eli had just told me. And she channeled energies from her house. And she said to me, she pinpointed exactly where she was picking up energy and entities in the corner. I never said a word to her in the corner by this poster in my apartment. Okay. Then Oh, my God. Then she also had a couple other visions. She described everything to a T, and I was, and then she sent archangels around my door to protect me to go home. I was like, I don't want to go home. I'm so scared. She's like, they're not going to hurt you. So I know this crazy long story, but I'm giving you the nuts and bolts of it, and it would just, it's just amazing. And so I actually wrote a piece on it, which I can send you guys another time if you want. You can read it on air or whatever. So then... She protected me. I came home, and right away we got on a conference call with another associate of hers. Her name is Leslie Sloan. Hi, Leslie. She's amazing, too. She heals entities from within a person, like within your body. So Marilyn does the clearing in the space, and Leslie does the entities in the body. So they made me an appointment. Like the next day, I went up. Leslie had picked up some entities like Gila did attached to me, and then I was so upset 
So Marilyn gifted me a clearing in my apartment. And one Friday night, I, we, I, after actually we picked up dinner and she did a clearing and it was the most incredible experience. One of the most incredible experiences, especially in paranormal that I had ever had. And I saw ghosts before. I'll remind me of another situation while I was on the set of Slime City Massacre. But again, cutting back to the story now, um, it was unreal. And she gave me messages from my, from my grandfathers, both of them who passed my, my grandmom who had passed two years ago. Um, she gave me messages from the ghost. So it turned out that there were three. She found a very dark negative entity right by my bed in my bedroom. And that we think is the one that was like threatening my ex boyfriend. <laughs> the ghost was jealous. <laughs> and then she found the same, another one in my closet that the, my angel ex-boyfriend had found. And it was an elderly lady who was smoking and I'm deathly allergic to smoke, you guys, to nicotine. I have severe asthma. So she was smoking in the closet, and she was giving her positive messages saying she was a fan of mine and, and that she wouldn't leave. Please don't make her leave. She really liked it here. And Marilyn said she was not a negative energy. The big one is the one that my ex-boyfriends all saw going from the living room that I think I saw to my bathroom that hangs out under the Ms. Zanthi poster in the corner and taps and gives messages to me. And from what... They all picked up and they all had the same story without ever communicating with one another that he probably, he was, he's young, he's like 30, late 20s, maybe 30, and he was a musician and an aspiring actor or struggling actor many, many years ago. And maybe his soul came in from Hollywood or it's been around, because I live in an older building around this area in the building for a while, and that he overdosed on heroin and he was a really painful soul and he said that he was in love with me he loved me he never wanted to leave and that he a loved my pain that i struggle with a lot when it comes to my art and my creativity but he loved the passion and the inspiration that i give him on a daily basis with all my art and creativity and so he he was here he would never he promised marilyn he would never hurt me and he told her that he would look out for me and that he's never leaving. So she couldn't make him leave. And there was an agreement, like she did a whole ceremony and gave me more messages. And he gave me messages to never, ever give up on his vampy and my TV series, which I cried my eyes out. It literally sat on my couch where I am right now and cried my eyes out. And it was such an inspiration for me and such a great message from the other side. And then, so she got the negative entity in the bedroom. She got rid of him. She got him out totally. And she insisted on getting him out. And she said, do you mind? She talked to all of us. She said, can you coexist peacefully with the elderly lady in the closet and the younger musician who overdosed and passed on at an early age in my corner? And I said I was okay with it as long as they promised never to harm me or anyone in my home or anyone I love. And here we are. So there's a very long story, you guys, but I hope you really appreciate it. And I'm not even looking at the chat room to see. I, they do. They they love they love these stories. They they that's why they listen to this show because they love that kind of stuff. So that's good. So the the one question that popped up that is relevant to this story is: Have you ever been on the ghost hunt? Actually, going out to look for them? No, I have not. I have not. And I think and I and I'm telling you, Jim, like ghosts 
find me. I, and and real quickly, another one was when we were filming Greg Lamberson's Slime City Massacre, which you guys, you know, it's such a, it's a sequel to the 1988 cult classic Slime City. And that was the movie that I'm so grateful. I won the B-Movie Golden Cobb Award for Screen Queen of the Year 2010 for that. And they're actually re-releasing it through Sony Entertainment Halloween of next year, 2017. I'm so excited. So, and that's like a spoiler alert, you guys. So don't tell, don't tell Greg if he's listening. I told you, but we're so excited. So when we were filming, we filmed at that famous, famous Buffalo Terminal in Buffalo, New York, which you guys all know about. And I ended up going back to host a big Halloween event that next year at the Buffalo Terminal. And when we were both filming, and then I could, see, I, I was so, I swear, like one time, I felt we were, I was doing a press interview on like in the big buffalo terminal in this um, like this deck i remember and these winds just came out of nowhere and this like light as i looked up it was so surreal i was like whoa that was another story i wrote so no i've never been on a ghost hunt at all well you know i i was told to ask so i did i i, I based off the story you were telling me i i would i was going to just skip it but i figured now, nah, since they wanted me to ask you, I'd ask you because, so you know, it kind of felt like I knew there might have been something more, and there was. See, so I guess trust your Yeah, <laughs> so so send your paranormal investigators over. Let's let's film it. Let's do it. Or I'll come to Buffalo. I got. I have to go back and see the ghost in the Buffalo Terminal. Well, if you end up up there, give me a heads up because I'm probably a couple hours away. I don't know. I've, you got it's, it. It's been a while, but since I've been to Buffalo, but as long as you're not going in February. If you're going in February when they're at 17. Forget feet, it. <laughs> Just don't even bother calling me. If you're going to get stuck up there, you're going to get stuck up there on your own. Uh, funny. It's so funny. <laughs> but so true. Did you? Well, you had to have seen that on the news where they had, and it wasn't 17 feet, but it was enough to make you not want to not want to live there for sure. Uh, Honey, I left the East Coast for a reason besides the entertainment business. <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't like snow? Is that what I'm, I'm here to understand? I do. Actually, I do. I, you know what? I'm so sick of the heat. You know, it's been like a hundred, over 100 here every day. It's crazy. It's been like 85 here. You're not missing much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the seasons are wonderful. I do have to say that. I do enjoy my seasons, even though I like complaining about each one of them individually as the time appears. But uh, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> okay. Another well, this is this isn't a read. This is another. Well, I am doing this one tonight on the fly because I just scribbled it down. If you like the Mallory Report, subscribe to it on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of those other fine sites. Leave a review, and if you really love it, share it with your friends. Now, this comes from the chat room as well. Has your celebrity and or looks hurt or helped your celebrity, your dating coach, your life coaching, your dating advice, any of that, any of those situations? Oh, wow. Um, thank you so much for saying, wow, I'm so flattered. That's really sweet of you to say. I don't, you know, I look at myself like everybody else does. I sit and critique myself and say, oh, my booty's too big. I'm too short. I'm too this. I'm too that, you know. Um, but thank you so much. That was really sweet of you to say. So, you know, in all honesty, I mean, sure. Yes. Yes. I think whether, I think that quote unquote celebrity and quote unquote looks can sometimes help us whatever industry we're in and can sometimes harm us whatever industry we're in. I will share a great uh, answer to that question. You know, obviously I've been acting for years and then was the, the term scream queen was bestowed upon me and I love it and I embrace it and I'm grateful for it. And when I launched my company and it was after, you know, the Ms. Vampy web series and after Vamp It Out and all that, when I was t- 
talked for a teen show with all these positive messages. I thought it would be responsible of me to go back to school to become a board-certified life coach. Moving it along, I launched my business, and there have been a few times early on that I had when I was life coaching teen girls a lot, and I had a few parents who, like, Google searched me, obviously, and saw some sexy photos of me in lingerie on the Internet. Now, mind you guys, let me clarify, I have by choice, and I don't judge anyone. I'm no one to judge. But I've never done nudity in a film. I chose not to. I started my career on Broadway, you know, and I just felt like there was never a need for it. Of course, if Scorsese called tomorrow and said, show your booty on camera naked, I would. <laughs> but, like, I never had to. You know, I chose not to. So, so you know, I, I've always chosen just what's right for me and to keep a level of integrity in the industry in that capacity. And so, for me. So, I think it's so comical almost, like, they did not want their daughters to have me as a life coach because I had had sexy photos on the internet. I think one had a concern that I was a horror scream queen, like a horror actress, like there was some dark negativity around that, which, again, everyone's entitled to their opinion. So, yeah, I mean, I really, that has affected me. And I, yes, and the answer is too, there are roles where, I have been told or my agents have been told over the years, well, she's so pretty, but she's too short. You know, she's not tall enough. If we're going to send her for like a lingerie model, she would need to be taller. You know, a good type of role. Certainly no lingerie model. And then times, I remember a sitcom I was up for when I was young and I had just moved out here. And I was up for the quirky, funny best friend, which is perfect for who I am and what I play. And they said she's just a little too sexy. She's a little sexier than the lead actress who was a big named actress. And we can't cast her. So on that note, I've lost out because of that, you know, and then on other times, like there's times where, like I said, because I'm, I'm just shorty and, you know, super shorty, I'm only five feet tall. And so I've lost out on roles because I wasn't tall enough, you know, or I wasn't skinny enough or there's always something. So there, I hope that answered the question. So yes, <laughs> it can hurt you and it can, it can also help you, obviously. As I say, I'm, I'm surprised, but then again, I guess when you're looking for what you're looking for, if it doesn't fit what you're looking for, it doesn't fit what you're looking for. Exactly, and Hollywood is so fickle. One day they want you to be super, super skinny. One day they, they're looking and breakdowns, you know, voluptuous, curvy. So it's like you never know what they want. I don't think they know what they want until they've already paid for it, and then they're not exactly. even sure Exactly, <laughs> exactly, for sure. You mentioned Martin Scorsese. Is there a dream scenario? I'm not going to say show or movie. I'm just going to kind of leave that all open to you. That if I if I had the the funding or the swing to pull it off, that you'd want to put yourself go ahead and put yourself in. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, of course. I mean, some of my favorite movies outside of horror films are like The Godfather and, of course, Goodfellas. I mean, if I could recreate and remake a film, which I would never dare to do out of respect for the brilliance of it, I would definitely play Karen from Goodfellas, you know, Henry's wife. I mean, that's like one of the best roles for any mobster type of actress. But um, if I could finance anything right here, right now, tomorrow, it would be vamped out, of course, my my you know, passion project that I live and die for. And uh, fingers crossed, everybody, because we are in talks and we are starting to pitch. In fact, I just wrapped last week my wonderful management company, Bohemia. They have a production division now for indie stuff, and we created a TV pilot out of my 
screenplay, which is out of, it was originally going to be a feature film, and now it is being pitched as a full-blown TV series. Thank you to Kevin Michael Smith, my creative partner on this project. We sat and wrote, rewrote the, seri- the uh, screenplay into a pilot and series for the last, like, seven months. So I've been on lockdown doing that other than my book, and it's been surreal and amazing. And I got to say, for all the listeners, I mean, it is so... I'm gonna. This one, I'm not gonna be humble about. I'm gonna be so like, like doting and gloating because this is a TV project that has to be picked up and put on air. This is a story, as we know, about Ms. Zampi. She's a comedic mobster Brooklyn vampire who comes, who obsesses, wants to be the next Paula Abdul, and she comes from Brooklyn, and her dream is to be like a pop star. So she's a hundred. On her hundredth birthday, her parents let her go to Hollywood to try and break into the music business. It's hilarious. But the point of the story is she ends up putting together a girl band, and it is a girl band of all ethnicities of, you know, one, I won't, I can't give, I can't spoil yet. One of our band girls is a lesbian and, you know, just really supporting everyone. And that's what needs to be on TV. Like I'm such a fan of Glee and for all the gay listeners, like this needs to be on air. We've got a whole TV Bible of episodes that address the LGBT community, that address bullying, that address self-esteem, body image for teen girls, um, just everything, individuality, being who you are, racism. And so there's not enough kick-ass content on TV for young people there just isn't and so i if i can do anything if i have the financing to do anything it would be this project to really make a difference well i hope it does and I, i'm sure as they say you keep digging long enough you'll find something now mm-hmm. yeah and i think we've got the great content it is so if i may it's just brilliant and it's representative of everyone and there needs to be more stuff on tv that is you know really represents everyone at this point, I think you have an idea of what's what's better than it once was. I guess is everything. I'm sure when you first got there, everything seemed great. Even something like, well, I don't want to disparage Sharknado because their director follows me and it's a good guy. But man, I just I just like to I'd, I'd like to be that creative for one day to come up with something like that. I guess is my my maybe it's Chelsea. I guess what I have for it. But when you first say that out loud, it seems like a horrible idea. But it's worked. No, don't ever say that. No idea is horrible. Write it down. Get off when you get done with the show. Get off the phone. Write it down. I love it. Someone in the chat room is like, "How about you executive produce a gay bachelor logo?" I, I think first of all, I don't executive produce reality TV. That's a whole other conversation and a whole other. Um, I guess I, I guess like in a way, I kind of have created some. I would. That's great, but that's a whole other career that I have no interest in. But that is a genius idea. <laughs> I was going to say, quick, <laughs> run, run and trademark that now or copyright or whatever you need, whatever, which one is, ever it is. That is so, that's <laughs> a great idea. Somebody really does it. Hey, listener, somebody does need to create that. And I will be, like, looking out for some of my gay producer friends who would eat that up. That is awesome. Great idea. Well, wait, wait. You're, so you're not interested in getting into that executive producing? Did I just hear you saying I've that? executive produced before. Executive producing, is, if you're doing you know, film, is raising all the financing, and I've been down that road too many times, no interest to be. Um, as far as creating TV, you are, you're catching me, and it's great. The only thing that I will be contracted and am contracted to create, be a creator on and producer on, would be Vamp It Out, because that's my own show that I created. That's how it's taken me seven years kicking ass to do. <laughs> so, yes, you are correct. I will be a creator and an executive producer if that ever got picked up. 
Okay, I get. I guess I'm just you know cause some people. It seems that as as careers develop, they go from in front of the screen to behind the screen. So I'm just yeah, just trying I'm to follow the. Yeah, no, you're right. You're in, I've executive produced seven feature films and several Nizanti web series, coaching series, and as I'm, I'm a really good producer actually, but I hate it. <laughs> I really hate it producing. Like I said early on, it's so much damn work. It's crazy train. So I avoid it like the plague unless it, it's paying me a you know boatload of money. But no, now right now things I'm so blessed and things are going so well in my career that I'm just super focused on acting. I mean that is my main thing. And if Vans it out were to get picked up, then clearly yes, I would be a producer on it. But the show would already be created, and I would just focus on playing as Vancy. So I've got a, a serious point of emphasis to make at this point in the show. If you ever run into Dan Aykroyd, can you hold him down and make him call me? Is he like your obsession? Well, no, well, not necessarily obsession, but I'd love to have him on as a guest. But I can't seem to Pin him down. get in with even within the six degrees of separation. It seems I seem every time I get somebody, it seems they always there's always that. Well, you need to talk to this person. You talk to that person, and then you know it just seems like this, like they're just passing me. Like there's a circle of friends that just pass me back and forth about him. I don't know. Well, you know how it goes with bigger celebrities. I mean, it's so tough to get to them directly, and then they, they're passing you from his publicist to his booking agent to his agent to his manager. I get it. Yeah, I'll have to put the feelers out. I you never know. I know a lot of people. You never know. That's what I'm asking. Yo, Dan, I'll get Miss Dan. You'll get him one. Yo, Dan. Get over here! <laughs> we'll go. I mean, it, what, what's the worst that happens? I put it out to the universe, and well, I send another forty emails. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, keep doing. Yeah, hey, never give up. Never quit. You can't. And there, and the other the other person that is on. I, I got asked this the other day on Twitter. Who's who would I like to interview? And the other person I always have in the back of my mind is Seth MacFarlane. Oh, well, I hear, after, I hear, after Ted. I hear he's an atheist and that little family guy. And but you know, I, I sat and watched some interviews with him on YouTube the other day. He's so bright and so. And then if it gets bad, he'll just start making fun of me and ask Stewie, and then that'd be good too. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love Ted. One was awesome. Ted two sucked, in my opinion. Well, wait, wait, I M O. Wait, wait, wait. Is that all? Is that always the case though? It usually is, right? Cause I, I can't think of a, any any circumstance. Maybe the listeners will have somebody out there or some movie out there that will break this There's, rule. But it seems one one is always better than two. And then if it goes it's on true. past that, it's just the ski slope down. And on rare occasion, two is almost as good. But I couldn't agree with you more. Well, can so you can you even you think, want, can you even think of one that two is on par? I'm I'm struggling to find one that two is on par. Um, the Godfather 2 is pretty good. Rocky 2 is pretty good. Look, I'm going back to 100 years ago, you know, so what do I know? Rocky I think what else is more Yeah, but they continued Rocky 2 until, I think, they're, aren't they still making Rocky movies? And they're just yes. trying to get in. Yes, come on. Don't don't bag on Philly yet. <laughs> well, you know, I had to take a cheap shot somewhere in the show at Philly. That's so funny. Wait, Jim, I have to address one of your, one of your chat room fellows said, have I ever seen a UFO? I have not. 
And then they're talking about haunted places in Hollywood. Oh, that's another ghost story, but I won't get into it for you guys. But many years ago, right out of college, like 15 years ago, I had been to staying in L.A. to visit friends and to come out for a TV interview. And I stayed at the famous Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. And, oh, my gosh, I had another ghost experience there where I was literally locked out of my room in a sheet off the bed, do not ask. And I'm not incriminating myself, but I'm not kidding. It's so bizarre. And, oh, my God, I I wasn't even halfway out the door. Some gust of wind, some something pushed me out of my hotel room door. I'm not kidding you. At the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. I know the name. I, I know there's. A, I I know the name, but I'm sitting here going. There's a story about this that I should know, and I just can't. And nothing worse than having that. I know that place. Oh, it's but notoriously I, haunted. Yeah, it's notoriously I know that haunted. place, but I don't know why. One of you, one of one somebody in the chat room's like that hotel is whack. True, it's so haunted. Is that the is that the most haunted place in Hollywood that you know of? Um, no, I live quite close to the Hollywood Forever. Well, well, duh. This is going to make me sound like an idiot for you paranormal people, but uh, the Hollywood Forever Cemetery is not too far from me. So that's such a that's where like, wild experience. That's yeah. like where everybody's buried. That's famous. Yes, all the celebrities. But like you go, like sometimes you know, I'll go to. They do a lot of celebrity charity events and stuff there. So I'll go, and they'll have like the parties around the mausoleums, and it is awesome. And you can feel again. I'm no psychic, but I'm very. I really energy sensitive and empathic and whoa like I can feel energy floating around that place like crazy see you have been on a ghost hunt and you just just admitted it I guess, maybe I've been on my own ghost hunt and, and you know what else I love oh this is a great one of my really good girlfriends years, a couple of years ago she did for her birthday her boyfriend rented her a tour bus on the um, what's it called the dearly departed tour of Hollywood that was awesome too. Of course, I was like the prime. They were like our famous scream queens on the bus. <laughs> it was awesome. But wow, that was so great. You know, you see obviously like where all the celebrities overdosed and were murdered, and oh, it's crazy. Hey, it, it is crazy. I'm, I'm saying I'm seeing that uh, there was a documentary or something about that where they didn't when I not necessarily took the bus tour, but they showed some of those sites and the proximity yeah. of them and. If any listeners come out, take the Dearly Departed tour. It was awesome. It's on my list of things to do, but I've got to get, what is that? A you have a long things? list, Jim. I need to life coach you. We need to set goals. <laughs> well, I have a bu- <laughs> I, I, The problem is I have the list. I, I've just got to find the finances to get from point A to point. Well, I'm not going to tell you how many points is on the list, but. I understand, but you can start. Listen, we I know the struggle. Trust me, but you can start. You can start setting goals and make them, you know, baby goals each day. Stuff that doesn't make the list of things you can do without, you know, a ton of money. That's the show. <laughs> <laughs> and and again, let me give you accolades and props, listeners. I know I produced a, a like a TV thing, radio thing before, and. These radio shows, podcasts, all of you guys, I know a lot of listeners are doing your own shows too. Like, I got to give you guys mad props because I don't think people who have never done it understand either how much work and money it takes. And to have a successful show like yours, you get mad props because it is so much damn work, even just getting the guests. It's ridiculous. Well, thank you for the kind word. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And then the you, truth. And then you try to get different, because, you know, in the paranormal community, there's a, a, a list of people that, 
are, are standbys that, you know, everybody knows and you can get them anytime you want them, but everybody's heard them a hundred times. And then you try to get outside mm-hmm. of that. And you, you were, you were great. You were open you were receptive to a paranormal show, but as you can oh, imagine, I love ghosts. Yeah, my ghosts. As, you can, as you can imagine, I live with them. as you can imagine, sometimes you, you say the word to paranormal to some people and they perform an exorcism on you, I think. Um, Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> to be well, nice about it. People, you know, well, obviously, I mean, a lot of people, I think, fear the unknown, you know? Of course they do. And then and then, as, as a, a life coach and a, a dating coach, I'm sure you can, well, you can understand this. Some people try to protect their brand too much. Yeah, and, you know, I hear you, and, again, having some knowledge of the industry in their defense, and, I'm, look, I think... Look, I have, I do favors for friends that I would never do for people I don't know and stuff like that, of course, you know, that I'll come on shows and stuff for people or, or even just people that are kind and inspire me. But in their defense, and so I think, like, they can choose if it's something they really want to do. But in their defense, having an agent, having a publicist, having a booking agent, there are things that I'm not allowed to do. And whether it's a branding issue or whether it's something, you know, if you're up for a show that's similar, then you can't, they've got rules where you can't be on this show if you're going to be on our show. It's so crazy. So I get that part too. A lot of times, unfortunately, and this is important for listeners to know too, we don't get to make all of our decisions. There are places I want to go and certain events I want to do that my publicists, because they're on top of their game. Thank you, Cat PR. You're amazing. They say to me, like, you know, Brooke, that is not going to be a good place for you to go right now with what you're doing in your career. So I appreciate that, too. So I'm just saying, like, explaining from the other side, sometimes it's not even the celebrity or the, you know what I mean? I love ripping on on the agents. I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me about the person. I, I understand, but the agents sometimes are just, and some of them are, and some of them are great, by the way. And yeah. Some of, and some of them, well, anyways, they're yep. not so much. But yep. Question from the chat room: Have is there a dark side to the entertainment industry? I'm going to answer that one and say yes, but I'm going to want the full story from you. Is there? Yeah, I, isn't it? Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Like, can you rephrase that question? Is there a dark light si- side of the entertainment industry? Well, they said dark side, but I, if you want to tell I us know. about the good side, I think we're just talking about the bad side. So let's talk about the good is side for there, a little bit. Wait, yes. I mean, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Again, is there a light side of the entertainment <laughs> industry? Very dark, people. Very dark. <laughs> well, it it is interesting, but as as. As you know, as things start picking up and you start making a few more connections, it is amazing. It, it kind of turns the corner eventually where you can get to know a few people and do. Uh, once you do a, put a quality product out there, it starts to build upon itself. If it's, it, oh, I love that. And let me, here's the life coaching me too. If it is quality, you, you know, again, I scan behind people and I say this, I'm like, I could do 90,000 different press events and red carpets and, and shows, you know, all week, blah, blah. that's great. Promotion's great. And stuff, but exactly what you said and why you have so many listeners, you know, you have worked hard to create a very specific, great product. It's really about, you know, I have all these like young actors that contact me or I speak at film festivals sometimes and they're like, you know, well, what do I do? And I'm like, guys, just remember because, oh, I need to have 70,000 Instagram, Twitter followers. This is actually at the beginning of my book when I sent it all out. But yes, you can have a million followers. Yes, you're ranking on IMDb. You know, they want it now to be 10,000 and lower and blah, 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 or higher, I should say. But the thing is, 
no, lower, 10,000 lower, whatever, to get, you know, a TV series. But the thing is, is it's about the work. So everyone listening, make no mistake about that. It is about the work. Yeah. And, and all those numbers take care of themselves if, as you, as you get out there and yeah. work and you speak. Okay. I've got one more question and I'll ask you about the book because. Do it. You've, you've, you've kind of, we've jumped through some of your projects, but is there anything else out there we're missing that may be coming out soon that my listeners might need to know about? Yeah, 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 all the listeners. I, I mean, I love, I, I, I can listen, I can talk for 10 shows about coaching and life, and that's, I love that. I love that side. Uh, as far as films and stuff, you know, all you sci-fi fans, definitely check out, because they've all been released within the last year, the very last one I did came out recently which is my director, Neil Johnson, and he did Starship Rising and then part two with Starship Apocalypse, which, by the way, for a sequel, was not bad. I have one of the lead roles in part one and a supporting role in part two. So anybody who likes sci-fi, you know, awesome, low-budget, but great CG sci-fi, check those out. Another film I'm really proud of that came out uh, end of last year is Mark Klebanoff directed it the morning that I acted in with, you guys know, Dominique Swain from Lolita and Louis Mandalore from A Big Factory Wedding, Peter Dobson from Cover Me and Forrest Gump, um, Larry Hinkin from Home Alone, like awesome, awesome little sci-fi. Michael Walton actually wrote it and starred in it. Amazing. King of Phillips, Sally McDonald. Oh, shout out to everyone. And that's great. So MTI distributed that. That's a great sort of really heartfelt drama. All the ladies listening, you'll love it. Heartfelt drama with a sci-fi sort of twist, like a paranormal twist, which is great. So those I'm super proud of. Horror-wise, we've got Greg Lamberson's Killer Rack coming out. And again, you guys, I just love shout-out to my Buffalo crew. We did Slime City Massacre. And that, again, you guys are hearing it, or one of the first. It's going to be releasing through Sony Entertainment next year, Halloween 2017. And this Halloween is Killer Rack, which I did the voiceover. But the killer boobs, you guys. Not kidding. But really silly, campy, fun horror comedy. Absolutely check it out. You will laugh your butts off. And then I'm actually gearing up right now, and you guys are one of the first to get this, too, with my girl, Stacey Lane Wilson, who is amazing. She directed Fetish Factory. She's one of my best girls. And she also directed my Ms. Zampi's Love Bites. And so we are doing a short, but it's an awesome, awesome, like, horror, more like a thriller, like, female empowerment, like, film noir, like, like woman scorned, I'm saying too much, but really excited. And I am starring in that opposite Ricky Dean Logan for all you horror sci-fi fans who was in um, Back to the Future 2 and 3. He was in Nightmare on Elm Street, the final chapter. So, and our, my friend Bryce Campbell producing with us. It's going to be great. So we're really excited. We're going to be working on that all of uh, first couple weeks in September. So that's happening. And lastly, and I can think of really my book. Well, we'll get, we got I got one more question popped up from the chat room. Is there any series or movie or paranormal themed thing that you'd like to see get rebooted to the next generation? Oh my gosh, let's see. I mean, Ghostbusters just came. Ghostbusters just came back out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't see it, but I heard it was horrendous. But then again, and, don't, and listen, those women are brilliant in it, but. My man, Ernie Hudson, who I've done lots of stuff with, shows and radio shows. We used to host a Halloween radio show together. Like, that's my boy. You know, nobody's replacing the original Ghostbusters. Sorry. Well, that's what, that's what we're saying. I, the first one is good. I, I mean, I, I, I think there's a, a a movie for them, but if they would have just went out and did 
something totally different and called yeah. it new, it probably would have been yeah. much better. Totally. Couldn't agree more. I would say already I'm going to go back, way back, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to just leave it hang there. Hey, oh. There's only so many hours in a day. Come on. Go watch the original. I don't think they ever remade it. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You know what? Um, of course, they would never cast me because I'm too short and, like, too quirky. But, man, Alien, the original, and Sigourney Weaver, forget about it. <laughs> I'd love to play that role. I, I love, I love that forget about it. Heels. Forget have, about it. <laughs> okay, so it's that time I promised you. I promised you some time about the book. I All I've got is ho- coaching from a hot mess. I didn't even bother to write the subtitle down because I was scared to. No worries. No so go, worries. Go ahead. Lay it out there for me. So I so appreciate this. And listen, all the listeners, yes, I'm so excited. I, have been, I think I haven't slept in a week. We just launched my new book, and it is called Coaching from a Professed Hot and it is just a little bedside table book. And what's so great about it for me is that for so many years as an actress, as a life coach, as a producer, as a dating expert, you know, I was either hired or not so hired, again, shouting out to working for free and paying your dues, to write for so many different publications, to create content for, for morning shows I would go speak on for, you know, and big ones. You know, you're not paid for a lot of those either, you know, and all kinds of stuff I did in the media as an actress and as a coach. And so I then compiled, I had, you know, all my talking points, anybody who's done TV or any kind of reality stuff, you know, I compiled everything and I had written for so many amazing publications. Like I wrote for, for to, speaking to the LGBT community, which I support through and through and through. Uh, in fact, I went to the Lambda Legal Awards, the Liberty Awards recently, which was extraordinary. So I wrote for, as a life coach, for Gay Voices in the Huffington Post for a year, many years ago. So I took some of those articles I had written, and for She Knows, and Woman's Day, and the list of Meet Mindful, and all these dating sites, and then I was fortunate enough to be crowned the Tempted.com dating expert and spokesperson all this year. So I was doing like Q&As and stuff on dating and online dating for them. And it just went on and on and on. I went, you know what? I am going to wrap everything in a bow because stuff gets scattered all over on sites and then links get taken down and morning shows I did get taken down and certain companies I worked for which had no respect for women and were total misogynists. You know, they would take our stuff down, and I'm like, no, I'm going to create something for me that in turn can help you. So it is just my love little bedside table book that has coaching tips, advice. I share quirky stuff in my crazy dating life and, you know, stuff how I get stressed out if I gain five pounds and get on the scale each morning. And so there's something in it for everyone. There's love, life dating, online dating, LGBT support, female empowerment, holiday tips for anyone and everyone. And that's what the book is. It's just wrapped in a little tiny bow. So you can find it on Amazon. You can find it at barnesandnoble.com. And it just launched yesterday, you guys. So support, please. (laughs) As the the month goes on, you'll notice a theme unplanned. But I should just say it was planned. But I've I've got a string... Through the month of August, not next week, but the next following weeks after that, I have authors who have books coming out. It just kind of worked out that That's way. That's so cool. Well, Blind, congratulations to you guys. 
uh, blind luck, I guess. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes life plays plays right off the right way. So, okay. So, where can people find? Well, we just talked about the book. Where can people find you? What's your website? I, I, if the autos, honestly, if you missed the, the interaction on Twitter this afternoon, it was phenomenal. I love everybody yeah, out there. Yeah. We rock star partied, and I didn't even have any tequila. <laughs> Not yet. Actually, guess what? I'm going to dinner with my agent in Hollywood here right after I leave, who I happen to love, Gary Reichman, a media artist group. So, yeah, so I might have some tequila there. I need it. It's been a long week. I'm supposed to ask you to pick a number between one and seven for our lucky winner of your autographed picture. Oh, you ready? Should I say it? Yeah, go ahead. Number nine. Oh, but the number is between one and seven. Lucky number seven? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you for that, too. That That's phenomenal for everybody who's played along with that as well this evening. So. Uh, well, if you, if, you, if, if you want to do, like, two or three, I'm down with that, too. You pick. You guys decide. Well, I'll, you I'll leave that to Julie because she has been in charge of all, all that right, this we'll afternoon. All right, Julie. Whatever pro- you guys need, I'm down. Okay. And I, I seriously, I want to wholeheartedly thank you for coming on and talking ghosts and talking everything else. It's been well, as I, as I joked with you earlier, it's the fastest hour in a paranormal talk radio, and I think we just proved it again tonight. We, we did, right? And I told you, I can talk. Listen up <laughs> and see if you can talk. So, yes, everybody, please follow me at Brooklyn's LA on Twitter, Brooklyn's LA on Instagram. Uh, let me know that you heard me on the show. I will follow you back. Um, what else? BrookLewis.com is my press site. And BU and BeFearlessLifeCoach.com is my coaching site. And everybody, please, please, please support coaching from a professed hotness. Well, and, and before I forget, because I will, because I'm thinking about wrapping the show up, anytime any of these things are coming out, I'm sure everybody would love to hear you again. So just let me know. Oh, I would be honored. You guys are awesome. You've been so much fun today. Loved it. And what a great time because we had time to do it. So I appreciate your love and support. And have a great night, everyone. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm shouting out, saying goodbye to everybody in the chat room. Love you too. Thank you for all your sweet, sweet chat tweets. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you go have dinner. I'm getting ready to yes. go to bed. Time right. zones, we love it. Don't so. let the, don't let the bed bugs bite or the ghost catch you. I was gonna say don't let the ghost touch you. I was, you beat me to it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys, so much. Thanks, all you Twitter freaks, and thanks, Julie. Have a great night, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And there you go. That's what we do here. Bring out different personalities and different people. But my final thought from Direct Adlinks, directadlinks.com. You know it's that time of the show. Before we go, I, I try to remind you of one thing, and we kind of already talked to it in the in the program tonight, and I'm just going to remind you of, of it again. Keep pushing. A lot of you out there have projects, uh, writing, audiobooks, books, your own shows. It's just amazing how many people, smart people, great people that I have coming around the program. And I, I, I'm i glad they're here. But we all need that reminder from time to time that as life goes, it, it can you can hit valleys and just keep looking and keep digging. Because I know for a fact that as I've kept digging through the past year as this independent show, it has finally started to pick up again. Finally, to 
where I want it to be. Not where I want it to get, to where I want it to be. On par. But par is changing. Life is changing. The world is changing. You have to be the change you want in the world and from the world. So, keep digging. And here we go. Let's see if I can get out of here in one piece. You all hold your breath for me as I try this once again. That's it. I've had enough. We're out. TMR247.com. Shows the knowledge and walk away the mysteries. Now these people, they know our name. Ballard Report. Good night. Get connected with Take-Two Radio on Facebook or Twitter at Take-Two Radio. For email updates on future shows, follow at Blog Talk Radio. For previous episodes, upcoming guests, and more, visit Take-TwoRadio.com. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.